Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I'm your co-host Michelle Pulver. And I'm Olivia Radcliffe. And today we're going to be talking about internal support systems as opposed to external support systems. And this is a topic that Olivia suggested after a very real conversation that I think sparked a lot of really interesting sort of thoughts between the two of us. So we wanted to bring it to the podcast to kind of finish that conversation and share what we've been coming up with on our own. So Olivia, do you want to give us like the backstory and then we can dive into what our internal support systems are? Yeah. So, um, you know, I work with a lot of moms and businesses, obviously with both our business, like a mother and my own, um, and support systems is a really big topic that, that comes up among everybody. And I was talking with my mom, one mom in particular about her support systems. And she was talking about her, um, childcare options and how much her husband takes care of and, you know, relying on local family and things like that. And that all is great. Like those are amazing, amazing support systems that I think if that's available to you, then by all means, yes, please take advantage of them. Um, but then it kind of came up that, well, if you don't have those support systems, it's impossible to succeed as a business owner, as an entrepreneur that, <laughs> yeah. And as someone who does not have child support or a husband, um, it's uh, kind of struck a chord with me because I am living, breathing proof that that's not the case. You can succeed at business. You're, it, some days might be harder. Your, your challenges might look a little bit different, but it is possible. And it, that sparked all the whole conversation between us about our <laughs> internal support systems and what that actually looks like and what you can do to find support. If you are a single mom running a business, you know, running the household, taking care of your family and, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was a really interesting topic, which I'm glad we're bringing it to the podcast, because I think there is a lot of, I don't know if it's cultural or if it's just sort of an expectation that yes, we as the women or traditionally the female role in a family dynamic are responsible for most of the childcare, most of the home care. So there's like that layer that means that when we want to focus more on work, we have to outsource those responsibilities that tend to fall on our shoulders. But then there's a sort of second layer of it that I think is really interesting. But if you are in a circumstance where you don't have family nearby, you don't have a partner, you don't have resources for childcare, you're sort of set up to fail to begin with. And I think that's really disempowering mm -hmm. and really like unhelpful to have those feelings when you're in that situation. So to share a bit of like my backstory and catch everybody up. Um, so I'm, I'm a lifelong expat. I've been away from my family since I was 18 in other countries. And I have now moved to France where my family-in-law live not that close by, but they are kind of the support system we lean on. And I don't have a daily contact with them. I don't have people to help with school pickup or sick days or anything like that. They're very much there for the 
exception and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, but it's been sort of an interesting experience as an expat business owner. There is a lot of this sort of expectation you can just ask your mom or ask your dad or ask family to come and help when, you know, that's culturally kind of normal to live not that far away from your family as an expat with my family literally on the other side of the planet. That's just not a reality. And then to sort of layer into that, there's seasons of the year where my partner, my husband, works away from home for weeks and months at a time. And I'm in what I call solo mummy mode at that time when really everything falls on me. And, you know, I think that's something Olivia and I really found in common because Olivia has kind of full-time solo mummy mode in different <laughs> dynamics. And I think we've both found ways to make it work to get things done and to sort of shuffle priorities to become your own support system and to create these kind of I want to say like catch-alls but like these little kind of things to have in place when life gets hard when things start to fall apart so do you want to share a bit of your background Olivia and then we can kind of talk about those internal support systems we built for ourselves yeah sure um I do think it's important to kind of stick in there that we're by no means saying don't have outside help or outside support. Oh my gosh, if you can no. get it. <laughs> like absolutely. And, and by all means, like reach out to communities, like have your, your, your business bestie that you can talk with. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I call my shelter in the day, sometimes just about like, totally, I'm just frustrated and need to vent to someone. Um, even mm-hmm. though it might be in the middle of her night and she won't hear for two hours, <laughs> it still helps to know that she is there supporting me. And yeah. um, I think those I'll, are the kinds of, you know, non-conventional support systems that people yeah. in seasons of life or life circumstances like us, where you can feel really isolated. I think you can, you can find support in other ways. They can be internal, they can be non-traditionally external. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. I don't want to discourage anyone from getting the help they need or can get access to take as much as you can you're probably not getting enough anyway (laughs) absolutely and so as as far as my own background goes um Mm. I'm a solo mom with a two-year-old and I I have chosen to keep him at home with me instead of putting him in daycare and I will fully admit that is a choice I have made I wanted to be able to spend my days with him um and that's okay if you choose to use childcare as well. If you choose mm-hmm. to send your kids to daycare or if they're in school, you know, he's going to be going to preschool here pretty soon. At the time, we are currently doing homeschool preschool um, because he didn't quite hit that hit that age limit there. But, you know, um, but that was that was my choice. And so he is home with me throughout the day. And if anyone has tried getting work done with a toddler around, you know, it's not always the easiest thing, right? Um, there's, there's never, we have a daily routine for the most part, but there's always things that crop up, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so there's been a lot of the need for my support system is also my schedule, my routine, my flexibility yeah. with things and being able to plan in advance for as much as possible. Even, even knowing that, you know, as most moms know, you can plan as much as you want and those plans can just fly out the window in a second. <laughs> but yeah. having those plans in place to begin with has been one of my, my key ways to 
best support myself there. Yeah, I think the the phrase that I think it was my sister who came up with, we have a kid who is very um, routine obsessed, and he does best when he can follow his routine. But life happens, we get sick, school's cancelled one day as possible. So to maintain the ritual and the rhythm of the day, but the schedule may not fit perfectly into the sort of formula that he likes. And I think particularly seeing him when the day goes off the rails, having such a hard time, I think having those sort of default systems you can fall back on, those default sort of patterns in the day can be really reassuring. And it made me realize for myself too, it's really reassuring to know what's going to happen next, to have an idea of the flow of your day. It's, you know, washing your face, brushing your teeth in the morning or before bed. It's really comforting to our sort of, I think, nervous systems to do the same thing in the same way. And building in those sort of rituals rather than necessarily a schedule has been really helpful for us because to, you know, kind of paint more of the picture, we have a whole bucket load of appointments every week that are kind of given to us and we don't have a big say in when they happen. We have, you know, minimal school time and things change and things sort of get cancelled or move around and you just have to flow with it. And I have to fit work around all of that. And it can be really frustrating. I am by nature someone who really likes rigid schedules, who really Mm -hmm. likes rules, who really likes things to look the same. And it can be really challenging to my own sort of mental state to have to constantly reschedule, to constantly change. And I think since really seeing in my little guy this sense of, okay, it's the rhythm that matters. It's not the time on the clock. It's not the day on the calendar. It's the rhythm, the momentum of moving in the same way through your day that generally does make it less stressful rather than feeling constantly reactive you can be proactive by having that rhythm so my days look completely different but the rhythm is the same Mm -hmm. Um, you know we get dressed the same way we have breakfast the same way we go out the door to whichever appointment and we come back and during even my work day I've started to build more and more of this ritual into it whether we're recording a podcast at you know a certain time of day or not it's the same sort of patterns that can help kind of bring yourself back into the present can help you bring yourself out of that anxiety feeling of constantly running changing modes task switching um those things that I find personally really draining I found that sort of easing transitions (laughs) with the ritual with the pattern really helpful that is also partially probably how my personal brain works (laughs) but I think it's been really interesting just that little switch between schedule and time blocking kind of logic which is very traditional in the business space to more of like toddler friendly ways of doing things we have routine we have sort of a pattern versus time on the clock because they can't read clocks anyway (laughs) yeah so I'm curious I'm sure you have kind of rhythms and schedules in your day with your little guy as well do you have that same pattern in work or do you find you kind of swap into a different logic in your work time? No, I mean, I, I fully agree with what you said about creating the, the rituals and, and that is how my personal brain works as well. Um, so (laughs) I know there are people out here who don't like rituals and schedules and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. to do however your brain (laughs) wants to do. Um, 
for me, I find a lot of comfort in it. Um, and my brain gets a little scattered crazy. If I don't kind of follow those, those rituals, I like having, you know, even from having the the same ham cream on my desk, you know, I like the smell of it. Like it, it puts me in the, okay, I'm in work mode now. And, um, the mm. same kind of lighting, you know, the lighting really matters. You know, it has to be the right kind of tint to the light bulb. Otherwise, like it just feels wrong. And, um, mm. but then there's also patterns because, um, my son's dad, he, he lives out of state. So, um, that's, that's why we have such kind of, uh, lopsided schedules here. And so he <laughs> does have Grayson, um, on, on kind of a routine basis, but it's more infrequent, uh, but longer mm-hmm. stints. So whenever he does have him, it's okay. I know I am sitting down and I am working and I am doing all those really deep dive things that you can't really do when there's a toddler mm-hmm. around. And so I have that, that kind of rhythm of, um, I get in my sweats and I grab some tea or something and I may or may not even like brush my hair. I do brush my teeth, but, um, you know, I may not even get fully ready for the day. And I just go to my office and I cozy up and I like, I work and I, and I love it. And it's pretty intense. Mm. And like, that's part of my, how I can embrace that, that sort of support. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've got sort of, I almost want to say seasons of how you work. Like there's the time when you are the solo mummy, you've got little one underfoot. And then there's the times where, okay, I've got X number of hours to churn everything out. And I've seen you, you get in this like hyper deep focus mode (laughs) and you just churn and churn and churn because I think, you know, it has an end. It's not always that nose to the grindstone. It's very much like, okay, I'm going to make the most of that time and then it just sort of switch back into the other mode. So I think that's that's a really great example of people who do have larger pockets of time, how you can kind of, I think, unbalance your schedule on purpose and have mm-hmm. those deep focus tasks, those sort of more intense projects allocated to the times where you have that block of time versus when you are in that lighter concentration mode with little one underfoot or crazy schedules. Um, what other kind of internal support systems have you built out for yourself when, you know, you're in the, on your own mode with little guy? Yeah. So the, uh, yeah. Um, well, like I said before, it's, it, I do find it very crucial to have a, a community out there I can reach out to. So I do, I talk to my mom every single day, multiple Mm -hmm. times a day. And, and the majority of my family, we are close, even though everybody, works, you know, so it's not, we all can't jump in and, and come and talk in person whenever we want, but we're, we're very close on the phone and, um, you know, reaching out to you. And then I'm in several business groups and masterminds that I absolutely love everybody in those groups and being able to just jump in and say, I had this really big success and I just want to share with someone or I'm having a really crummy day and I just want to share and having that amount of, of appreciation and consideration and support come back at you Mm. is something that I find um, really helps me on mental, emotional level, uh, which, you know, then in turn goes to boost your, your momentum there. You start building that up and go with your productivity 
Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, the hardest part I think has been learning how to support myself mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. to kind of give myself space. It's a little hard for me to talk about. I don't know if you can tell I'm like getting getting a little, (laughs) um, I'm getting blocked here because it is, it is hard to show yourself that grace and sometimes, um, admit that it's okay to just stop and, and pause. And if you need to just sit and stare at a wall, that's okay. You don't have to be nose to the grindstone so much, but also showing yourself support of if you need to work, that it's okay to go and, and work and, um, push through things and kind of finding that own inner balance for yourself and not putting yourself Mm -hmm. so much through the layers of guilt that can come from, you know, working when I want to just be a mom or being a mom when I know I have so much work I need to do. Uh, so being able to support myself in whatever little mini season that is, whatever I'm focusing on at the time, that's kind of been the, the, biggest challenge, but also probably the most rewarding when I do it right. Yeah. I think that so many people can relate to that. Just, I think the active parenthood does make you step out of taking care of yourself, putting yourself first in so many ways. I think we can all have our selfish moments, but I think the self-care is usually one of the first things that goes away because we're so busy focused on the small humans that we're (laughs) we're trying to keep alive and keep happy and growing and I think you know we've we've thrown that phrase around before I think relentless self-compassion and I Mm -hmm. think it's something we really try to like actively remember to do and that's something like you and I talk about a lot Um, because I think it is really easy to put others first to just try and appease all the external stress and that doesn't necessarily help when the bigger drain the bigger weight is that we are not feeling okay and that like mentally or physically you are running on low batteries and there's only so much you can do to push through that there's only so much you can do to keep going when the battery's low you will never be efficient and you'll never get better you can't recharge when you're already at flat so I don't know if my metaphor tracks (laughs) (laughs) but I do think like I I really struggle with that as well and I think one of the I don't know one of the things that I'm trying to trying to learn I will say because I don't think I'm fully practicing it but that is taking rest taking breaks and taking mental space is as productive in the long run as working through it and that's really hard. Like, I think we're conditioned to be workaholics. I personally find a lot of, I don't know, reward dopamine hits from getting things done. It's very quick fix kind of feeling. It's like a sugar rush. But on the whole, I don't feel good if I only eat sugar. I, I need to balance it out with something more wholesome and and f- like filling. And that's where rest, that's where you know, engaging in other things, giving your brain a break, you know, letting it be elastic in what it's interested in, not just hyper-focusing on work or, you know, letting your brain relax. I think ultimately when you come back into work, you're much more effective and efficient. And like, I think we all know that. It all sounds good on paper, but living it in your real life is really hard. And, you know, I think something that I've been really trying to practice with myself is I... 
I'm very kinetic. Like I, I do well doing things in movement, in motion. And if I can get my body moving kind of the right way, then my brain will follow. So I find like going for a walk or using my exercise bike, even if I'm, you know, having a lot of that anxiety, like, oh, I need to do things, I need to get that done. There's just something about well, my body's already moving. <laughs> it's already doing something else. So I can't go and sit at my desk and work because my body's occupied. Um, so I'm kind of trying to learn how to trick my brain into relaxing by <laughs> making my body do something else. Um, but I think it will depend on everyone. Like I know my husband really does well with the like zone out in front of the TV, playing a game, having three screens like that really recharges him. And, you know, I think we all have those sort of little things we do to help soothe ourselves when we're stressed and they can feel like guilty pleasures. They can feel like waste of time, but I think they are genuinely really important too. And it's, I don't know, I think it's important to give ourselves permission to enjoy that, to take that space. We, we need it to then show up and be productive too. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I'm like you, I like the second I go on a walk or, you know, get, get on my Peloton. It's like, oh yeah, idea, idea, idea. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but I think there also is still as important as that balance is. And then knowing that pausing and, and taking that break is, can be an amazing way to support yourself. There is still the very real need of sometimes you don't have the option to take a break. Yeah. And I think that's something that'll, that gets skipped over a lot of times, at least a lot of the, the self-care articles and things like that. That Oh I read, yeah. Just take a nap like, or have oh, just a rest. Take a nap. Like, just, yeah. I just can't. go rest, just take a break, you know, know that pausing is yeah. good. And it's like, yeah, we know that a lot of times, but we can't because mm-hmm. we're maybe the sole financial provider for our household and we need to work to make the money to feed our family. And yeah. so how do you work on finding balance with that when there's stuff, when, when there's deadlines that you absolutely need to meet? Yeah, I think I will be very honest. I think I got lucky with a brain that thrives on like emergency situations. <laughs> like I'm great in an emergency and I think I flip into that mode. I can't sustain it very long, but I'm, I can get into like hyper-efficient, okay, I will take charge, I will get all the things done, and it's fine for a short season, and I will quickly burn myself out. So I've learned to ask more for the help that makes the difference. Like I've had family offer to come and stay with us and look after my son, you know, for a week or two, and that doesn't help me in the day-to-day. What helps me is you know, taking some of the mental load off. So the other day I was having a really hard sort of time after a period of being in emergency mode and I could not figure out the logistics for how to do something that day. So I called my mom and I was like, mom, I need to outsource my brain. Here's the puzzle. I can't figure it out. Can you just like figure out the maths of this day and then tell me what it's meant to be? And she figured it out for me or, you know, getting... I have a lot of admin in French. That's not my best area of sort of expertise. I'm not great at writing in French. And I just hand it over to my parents-in-law. Like, okay, it is your problem now to deal with our French bureaucratic paperwork. And it's it's been a really big journey because I love being independent. I really like relying on myself. But that's stuff that would take me 
extremely long and a lot of mental energy to get done that isn't that big of an ask when you ask the right people it's not showing up it's not being like childcare, but that stuff actually takes way more mental weight off me than someone looking after my kid for an afternoon so I, I think I've really lent into outsourcing the stuff that's like life admin stuff that I'm not great at when I'm in those modes and you know having my mother-in-law make all of them calls to book appointments I mean, my father-in-law write all you know paperwork in French my mom helped me figure out maths because I just can't maths like there's <laughs> there's certain people I think I've allocated in my life to just do some of the mental work of being a grown-up even if I still have to show up and do all the appointments show up and do all the stuff that's been really helpful because I can feel the relief of like okay it's taking care of someone else is doing it I just show up when I need to show up and do the thing and that that's been a really big relief and I probably wouldn't have taken that jump if I didn't live in a country where English isn't the first language I think it's weirdly been a very helpful lesson for me in asking for help in kind of being vulnerable enough to say hey this is hard for me can you help and it's really tough. I'm like fiercely independent, but I think it's it's been humbling to see how much it's also brought joy to the people in my life who can't help. They would like the way they'd like to. My parents, my mom lives in Australia. She can't come for the weekend and help, but she can help me with this other stuff that takes a lot. And I, I guess after doing this for a couple of years, I've realized it's kind of a nice way of opening up that like need bucket and letting people help but in a way that works for all of us and yeah it's it's been a weird sort of journey for all of us to learn that this is this is genuinely has as helpful if not more helpful than childcare. um but I know it's a bit unconventional when you know most people would say like let me come watch your kid I'm like no 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 that's not what's helpful the other stuff is really what helps me mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything like that yeah, I mean, we we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses, right? We all have things that come very naturally to us, just our natural born talents that maybe aren't as natural for other people. <laughs> um, and I think as, you know, as a solopreneur, as a solo mom, you know, um, I think being able to kind of identify what those weaknesses are, maybe those things mm-hmm. where your competencies aren't quite as strong as in other areas and either finding ways to get help with that, whether that's hiring someone, if you can, if you're in that position, or connecting with some business buddies who are willing to, to just kind of help you out a bit, if, if that's an option as well, or even deciding that, okay, well, do you really need that thing that mm-hmm. isn't your strength? Maybe there's some things that you can cut out that are just things that you feel like you should do because everybody else does them, but maybe it doesn't quite work for, for, for your situation. Um, mm. You know, I have found that there's a lot of things that have been on, on my to-do list that were things that like I should do. This would be the, the best, you know, most appropriate way to handle this sort of marketing situation or putting this offer <laughs> together. And coming to the realization that, well, no, but that doesn't work for me. That doesn't feel good to me. That's not my strength. It's not what I want to do. And it doesn't work for my schedule. So wait, why am I doing this again? Because a business coach told me I should like, how, how great are you going to show up for something if it's not 
something that you want to do or feel good doing. Right. So I think being able to, to kind of be honest with yourself and recognize those places and getting support in however capacity you can, whichever capacity you can for that. Um, I mean, that's kind of been, that's kind of been my big thing here lately. Yeah. I think you touched on something really important there too, that there are places you can cut, like not everything, you know, there's urgent and important and not urgent, not important stuff in our lives and our businesses. And we can cut the not urgent, not important stuff, but you know, there's doctor's appointments and, you know, launch deadlines and things that are a bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) taxes um there are things that we kind of can't negotiate on but I think there is a lot particularly in the online business space we do because everybody else does it because it feels like the thing you should do it feels maybe like that's how you look like you're a big business and I think that sort of aggressively cutting through pruning what activities you're doing where you're spending your time and energy I think that kind of exercise is really important to do on a regular basis. Like I personally accumulated a bunch of marketing activities last year and I was feeling like, oh, you know, they can work. They can work. I've seen they, I mean, they all work, but I didn't have time. I didn't have energy and I didn't have interest in them. So they weren't really going anywhere. And I think it was, it was very liberating to just sort of say, okay, I'm just going to close that chapter for now. I can open it again later if I want. If I get really excited mm-hmm. about Pinterest again, we can get back on Pinterest. But right now, my time and energy isn't being well rewarded for the effort I put in. And it's not particularly interesting to me. So let's just pause it for now. We can just let it nap. And then when I need it, I can try again or it might not be for me. Um, and I've been going through a big season of cutting out stuff or cutting back stuff that isn't serving me or isn't working with the way my brain works, the way my schedule works, the interests I natively have. And I think the more you can kind of, I don't know, cherry pick the stuff that works best for you, curate offers, curate marketing, curate sales strategies that work with your life, with your reality, with your strengths, the more I think those things sort of are lighter to carry and the more we're adding in those things that feel really difficult, that feel really challenging and having multiple of those things that are really stretching you as a person when you're in a time without that much support, like that's just unnecessary stress when ultimately I think sadly we won't see the best outcome from them anyway because we're not showing up excited we're not showing up with our full sort of energy behind it because we don't like it because it's working against us um so I think there is a really big piece of that puzzle too is being really thoughtful of what activities you're engaging in what you're letting into your business so that it's you know really using your time and energy efficiently and effectively yeah I think it all comes down to simplifying things right I think that's kind of our our theme and both of our 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 (laughs) businesses and our joint business and our lives it's it's all about simplifying things and that might mean cutting things out that are no longer serving you or are not necessary you know to to Mm -hmm. hitting that bottom line that you want to hit it might also look like automating some things that can be automated you know kind of figuring out those little annoyances that are draining you day in and day out. You know, for me, it's, it's, uh, I hate cutting vegetables. 
So I, <laughs> I get pre-cut vegetables and I know that that's more expensive and whatnot, but it, it really helps. Otherwise I don't eat vegetables. They just go to mm-hmm. mush in the drawer, you know, yeah. um, and, and finding those little ways that you can support yourself by making things easier and simplifying yeah. your life. And, um, just, just making the processes as lean as possible, eliminating extra steps that are maybe not adding anything, uh, to, to what you're getting from, from that action. So, yeah. And I think that's, that's inner work that can be kind of hard to do, (laughs) especially if you're not like a super (laughs) introspective person. So I think in a weird way that the instinct when you're overwhelmed is to outsource all the busy work. And I think particularly when you're in that kind of season of things being hard, there's a lot at home and you maybe don't have, you know, all the support systems you need. I think really the the bigger impactful work can be just helping tease out for yourself, maybe with, you know, a coach or someone's help, what it is you actually need to be doing, mm-hmm. what you can cut, what you can streamline, how to make the load lighter across the table rather than just putting some work on somebody else's table. Like I think I, I've gotten to the point several times where I'm like, oh, should I outsource things? And ultimately if it's something I need to outsource, maybe it's not something I need to be doing. Maybe I can make other decisions on how to do it. And nine times out of 10, I don't end up needing to outsource anymore because I took that time to reflect on like, why is it feeling heavy? Why is it feeling like it's too much? Yeah. All right. Any last minute bits of advice? I feel like we've touched on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there is a lot there and I think, you know, everyone's sick circumstances, everyone's situations are going to be different. I think what your internal support system is going to be a hundred percent unique to you and your circumstances. But I think really taking that time to check in with yourself, like, yes, the reality of your situation, you'll be more familiar with that than anybody else, but like you as a human, how do you recharge? How do you, you know, kind of carry the weight of certain tasks? Like you said, if chopping vegetables just is really tough, is there other ways to get the same result in a different way that doesn't drain you, doesn't cost you as much energy? Um, I think that can be really, really worthwhile, especially when, you know, external supports aren't as available to you in the traditional sense of just bringing someone else in to do it for you or to help you with it um but I think the other thing is you know you you touched on sort of earlier on the sense of community that sense of talking about it that's why we're having this conversation sort of publicly is I think there needs to be more honest conversations of when things are hard when things are heavy and not just sort of defaulting to the regular advice that's thrown around of nap when the baby's napping <laughs> you know just outsource or you know just ask for childcare. those aren't always possible and I think it's fair and valid and important to have those conversations and to you know make that more normal because I think more and more that is the reality for a lot of people and a lot of business owners so yeah I think just adding your unique voice to the mix is is a bigger part of the solution it may not help you today but it might help somebody else at least that's what we're hoping by having this conversation today yeah anything else you want to add Olivia I just that your reality is your reality if mm-hmm. you want to utilize child care and you can go for it utilize child care <laughs> if you don't want to if you want to have your kid at home um do that that's fine 
there's no guilt, no shame one way or another. If you're a single mom, you can do it. That's, that's the main thing I want to get across is that there is no one set way where you have to have support or you have to do it this way in order to succeed as a business owner, to be, have a wealthy, profitable, growing business, or to be a good mom or, you know, good parent, good, anything, good, good wife, good partner, good friend, sister, whatever title you want to have. There is no one set way to do it. And I think the the biggest thing that I want to get on my soapbox and just preach all day (laughs) is that just embrace your own reality for what it is and, and go with that. Yeah, I think that is the beauty of life is we're all different and that difference is is as beautiful as like our similarities, I think. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in today's show and want to support some fellow entrepreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. We'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. Until then, take care.